Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sam's Report. Today is September 2nd, 2016, and let's just dive in, shall we? A uh, couple updates here on the Throat Premium side. The controller giveaway, a lot of people thought it was ending in August. In August, not true. We're uh, we're going to continue to do that. We're giving away an Xbox Elite controller anywhere in the world every single uh, weekday, and so you can go to throughout.com/levelup. I believe we've given away about twenty-four or twenty-five of them somewhere around there, and so we will continue to do that every single day up until we launch Throughout Premium uh, here in the relatively near future. And when I say Throughout Premium, I mean the full experience, uh, complete redesign of the front page. Uh, forums will be going live, uh, which are looking really cool. Uh, a little bit different take on forums, kind of more modern-y, not like IBP or vBulletin. We're not using any of that stuff on the back end. Um, it's kind of a customized thing that we're building. And uh, comments. Comments are actually just about done. Um, they might actually be done today and hopefully will go live potentially next week. Can't promise on what day next week, but that's kind of, uh, I, I think they might actually go live next week. Let's just kind of hope that holds true. And as you can tell, um, some other small changes down here. Finally got the lights set up correctly. Uh, where lights are up and running. There's now two of them. And you can kind of see what the lights are. They're actually these guys back here. So it's just this large LED panel. Um, I could turn that on, but then it would blind the entire camera. And you can adjust the brightness and also the blue and yellow output of the light to kind of give it a more balanced look. And so now there are two of those guys shining on my face. And if I look at them, I will be completely blinded. But as you can see, now there's like even lighting on the face, which is what you want. So that is what's going on. A um, couple other things. I'm traveling next Friday. So I'll have to do a pre-recorded show. No live show next week. I'm actually going to a wedding out of town. Nothing too crazy or exciting. But yeah. And other kind of things and this might actually impact this show potentially so I'm dumping cable uh, I've been wanting to do it kind of talked about it for a long time with my wife and whatever and so we're actually dumping um, the cable we're you know cable TV we're keep obviously keeping the internet but we're dumping that and they're supposed to they were supposed to come today between the hours of 8 and 10 a.m. it is now 11 a.m. and they have not showed up I messaged the cable company Cincinnati Bell who I generally have a pretty good relationship with they've done you know they've been fine uh, but they're dropping the ball here. They're supposed to come pick up the cable boxes and I'm actually upgrading my internet. We're going to go to, we're, we're essentially just using, um, Hulu and Netflix. And right now I've got a 50 down 20 up connection, but, uh, we are going to bump that up to 300 down and 75 up. And so, yeah, they're supposed to be doing all that. They were supposed to be here between eight and 10 before the show started and got everything done. But here we go. Um, they haven't done it yet, so I can probably imagine that they're probably going to call during the middle of this, and it'll just be lovely. Thank you, Cincinnati Bell, for doing that. Um, but yeah, I think that's really kind of the only kind of back-end stuff that's going on with the Throat Premium side. And again, if you're going to Ignite, I know I keep saying this, but every time I say it, more people reach out and say, hey, I'm actually going, going to Ignite. Paul and I will be there. Um, I think we might do some podcasting actually from Ignite. So just kind of keep us... Uh, Keep us posted if you're going to be there, and then we'll get connected. So things that went on this week, a lot of stuff in the Microsoft world, as always. And Microsoft put out another uh, another slamming commercial, if you want to call it that. It's a very odd commercial, in my opinion, of kind of touting the Surface Line ability, you know, using stuff like this, using the pen and all that stuff against a MacBook Pro and how it's better. It's fine. I think we all kind of agree that the Surface Book on paper uh, is a lot better than the MacBook Pro. 
but Microsoft put out like a really weird commercial and they said a MacBook Pro is is less useful than a hat, like a hat for your cat. Um, and it's got this like kind of uncatchy jingle and they try to make it cutesy and fun. And I don't know. I don't know why they just don't like do straight facts and just create a professional looking commercial, but whatever. So they put this out. Microsoft is going um, against the campaign. A couple of reasons why. Um, first off, well, Apple has an event next week where, although it's mostly expected that they're going to talk about iPhones, uh, although Mark Gurman, uh, who now works for Bloomberg, a very good source, saying that Apple is going to release new hardware uh, like iMacs or potentially at least the MacBook Pros and that stuff uh, looking like October. So Microsoft, maybe Microsoft's, I don't know, marketing campaign uh, is firing up now to try to combat some of that. But anyways, uh, that new hardware is coming. Microsoft is kind of gearing up. Mostly they're advertising their current stuff because we all believe that they're not going to release any new hardware, uh, at least to replace the Service Book or Service Pro 4 before the holiday season. Um, yeah, so that Microsoft, I'm assuming we're going to see some more commercials, at least some stuff promoting the own Service Book and whatnot and saying, hey, buy this, even though it's a year old, uh, for the holiday. But that is kind of what's going on with Microsoft's advertising stuff. Sunrise Calendar. Okay, so Microsoft kind of screwed up here, as they have done frequently in the past. Uh, Sunrise Calendar was supposed to be sunsetted, as it's often said in the software world, uh, yesterday. And so Microsoft announced, hey, we're going to, you know, we bought this app and we're going to integrate it into Outlook, their uh, mobile email application, which is great. Uh, it was, you know, basically they bought it. It was a company and they just rebranded it Outlook. And they missed their deadline. And so Sunrise, the calendar app, is not going away. I wish they would just keep it permanently and just call it, like, Outlook Calendar. I don't know why they don't. But they seem hell-bent on bringing all of the calendar features inside the mail application and not giving a separate app. I personally like a separate calendar app on my phone and not nested inside of the email app. But here we are. Uh, Microsoft said they're not killing Sunrise yet because Outlook has failed to reach uh, the level of maturity where it actually has all the features of Sunrise inside the mail app, so they're not killing it yet. But whatever, it's going away, and this spurred a ton of posts yesterday on many different sites saying, hey, Sunrise is gone, here's seven, seven, ugh, seven other great calendar apps you can use. This is Microsoft's own demise. They own the calendar space, and now they're neutering themselves in that arena. I don't understand this strategy. It, it, I don't know. I think this, I really, I honestly think this is a bad move. Like, and, and yeah, it, it's a bad move because they, they have the best calendar, and they're going to put it inside of an email application. So if you go to the App Store and search calendar, it's not going to come up. Microsoft's not going to have a product there. They're going to say, oh, just use our, our email app. Mm, I, don't, I don't I don't like what they're doing here, and I think they're making a mistake. I really, really, really fundamentally do. But, hey, it's not my billion-dollar boat, so that's what Microsoft has going on. Um, mm, 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 mm. Yeah, anyways, uh, Windows 10, this is kind of more in the enterprise space. This is uh, the Windows as a service. Microsoft finally announced the E5 pricing, which is what I think a lot of the enterprise really wants. So there's, to kind of recap here, Windows 10 is moving to a, a subscription service, or at least offering a subscri subscription service to the enterprise. Uh, this is only for Windows 10 enterprise, and it's using the same scheme as Office uh, 365. They have E3, E5, and I would imagine eventually potentially an E7. But at, right now they have E3, which is just Windows 10, uh, Enterprise, that's all it is. It's just Windows 10 Enterprise for $7 a month per user. 
they announced this week the availability of Windows 10 Enterprise E5, which is Windows 10 Enterprise with Windows Defender Advanced Threat Protection. So this is what I think a lot of enterprises really want because, hey, who doesn't want more security? And if you're an IT pro or admin and there's, <laughs> and you get hacked and then management comes down and says, hey, we could have prevented this if you would have paid more money. And you're like, yeah, but we saved some money, but then your whole company's ruined. Um, yeah, so the advanced threat protection, a lot of people were hoping that E5 was going to cost $10 a month. It's $10 a month per user. Remember this, not per device, per user, which is a benefit. It's a, it's a better maneuver for Microsoft. It also stops doing, having companies having to do that stupid uh, licensing audit. If you've ever been in a company that's done that, you know how terrible it is. Anyways, it is $14 a month. It is twice, twice the the expense of E3. Now, that is an estimated retail price. Technically, it could be lower. Uh, this is what Microsoft is suggesting it's sold for, but enterprise or cloud service providers are the ones who are reselling this, and they could lower it, or they could raise it. I guess it's really just up to their margins on what they want to do, but that is what Microsoft is suggesting for the estimated retail price, twice that of E3. Twice that. That's That was really surprising mostly just because of the way they they price office to see 14 bucks a month i hope they get it uh microsoft is obviously hoping they get it and i i suspect they probably will because you're unless you're going to stick with windows 7 which we know you can't do forever and realistically i don't think many people are going to be jumping on this windows 10 enterprise as a software as a service model for windows but long term i really do think people will you know if we're talking five years from now i think a lot of companies will eventually move to this one it's easier to manage um but it's potentially more expensive depending on how you do a lot of this uh but of course you don't have the upfront payment of you know roughly 120 bucks per license or whatever you're gonna pay and yeah so seven bucks and 14 bucks uh per user per month to e3 e5 we finally have the pricing uh e5 does not go into effect until october 1st so you can't even buy it yet, but they announced the availability is October 1st, which is roughly right after Ignite. So I'd imagine there's going to be a big, big push at Ignite for all of this. So there you go. That is Windows as a service for the enterprise, uh, Windows 10 only. Other things about Windows 10, actually. Uh, Intel announced their Cabby Lake chip, which, to be honest, was really just a... It's Skylake, but not sucking. Um, it, it kind of fixes some of the problems with Skylake and AMD also announced some new stuff as well. Interesting fact about those, uh, the new chips do not support Windows 7 or Windows 8, so they've got to be run on Windows 10. So if you're planning on buying that stuff and you're running Windows 7, uh, it's technically not supported. I would imagine you could probably get it on to run on those chips, but it's not officially supported and la-di-da, you're kind of just hanging out with that. Uh, if you've had the Windows 10 freezing issue this month, ever or this month, really ever since anniversary update, which, well, I guess it has been out for a month. It is September 2nd. Microsoft says, hey, it's finally fixed, which is good a month later, but uh, the freezing issue is fixed. Now, here, here's what I find funny, though. They say, if you're still having the problem, uh, here's their workaround. They tell you to create, what do they tell you? They tell you to create a second administrator account and signing in with that account, once you do... Once you create that second admin account and sign in and then log back out, when you sign into your original admin account, everything should be fixed. That's like a really, I mean, it's good that they have a workaround. Uh, it's just a really kind of odd workaround. But fortunately, hey, a month later, if you've had the freezing issue, it should be fixed. You know, the, 
this is good stuff because they're finally getting around some of the problems with the anniversary update, which we detailed last week. But all these things have to happen before Microsoft can promote the Windows 10 anniversary update into what they call the current branch for business, which is typically about four to five months after release. So sometime late this year or very early next year, we should see that promotion, which is when things will be stabilized, which is kind of scary that, hey, um, you're kind of, they're still kind of beta testing with the consumers at this point, but they didn't pay for it, so who cares? Well, that's not really a good a good methodology to, to adopt Microsoft, and I'll be very curious to see if they actually get their Q&A uh, straightened out. Yeah, the, the Q&A is a whole... We, watch last week's show if you want to have a good discussion about Q&A, because that's really where they're at these days. But I digress, Microsoft. You got that freezing issue fixed. Uh, Surface Pro 4... Surface Pro 4, new firmware update, nothing too crazy. Uh, they're talking about more stability and uh, better stabilization when switching between power schemes on Windows 10. So if you're going from like power saver to whatever power user, uh, it should be good. It, it's just kind of smoothing out that transition. Everything else is run in the middle. Same thing for Surface Book. So if you have the latest Surface, go grab that firmware update. Totally, totally, uh, Totally recommend it. I had no issues with it, and there doesn't seem to be... I, I did a quick look on the help forms, and I didn't see any disastrous things yet. Speaking of disastrous firmware updates, the Surface Pro 3 battery issue is finally resolved. Uh, they pushed this fix out, and thankfully it was not a hardware fault. What I'm really curious to see is I know that some people actually paid to have their battery replaced. And I'll be curious to see if Microsoft actually pays them back or what they do or how they go about this because they were originally telling people through the hardware channel, if you took it in for service, that it was a hardware fault, but it turned out not to be. And some people, I, very, I guarantee, accidentally, against their own will or probably better judgment because they, it was still a couple hundred dollars, like up to 500 bucks, actually paid for this fix when it was really just software. So that'll be... Interesting to see if Microsoft ever ever issues any sort of statement on that. But if you have a Surface Pro 3, let me know if you're still seeing any battery problems. I don't expect that you will. But I'm trying to make sure this isn't my cable company. Nope. I don't expect that it will. But there you go. Uh, Surface Pro 3, all good in the battery hood, hopefully. Oh... Um, other things in the enterprise space should have touched on this just a second earlier, but Microsoft is bringing Windows information protection, which uh, to their mobile apps, but currently only on Windows devices. So Windows tablets and Windows phones. And for a quick recap of what Windows information protection is, Microsoft had a similar feature, but what it allows a, a document creator to do is actually specifically lock content uh, being from being copy and pasted. This will really only protect realistically um accidental leakage of data but the idea is that hey if i create an excel file and i don't want you to drag um, a spreadsheet into your own spreadsheet i can now stop that and you can stop it uh, that that on mobile devices now but again windows phone and windows tablets only but windows information protection is now available for those mobile apps now let's get into the fun stuff here for just just a couple minutes. Uh, Microsoft pushed out a new build of Windows 10 this week, 14915. And this is available for both uh, let's see, desktop and mobile phones. So you can go out and grab it now if you're a fast ring user. I don't, I, we're back into the stage where I don't recommend putting this on a daily driver. Uh, Pre-anniversary sign-off, it was fine. But at this point, I honestly would not do that anymore. I'm now running it in a VM and it's, we're not hitting any major stability bugs yet, but 
here's the thing. We're starting to see new feature integration. And when you get new feature integration, uh, stability is when stability tends to kind of show its ugly face. And so just be aware of that. And so what are we seeing? There's kind of a couple different things that are going on here. The first is a people bar. The people bar has actually been around since uh, I believe 1507, actually before Windows 10 launched. And it's been a feature that's just kind of floated around. Um, I actually remember seeing some internal concepts uh, not the newest ones that have surfaced, but actually way back in, uh, what was it, probably like May of 2015, that showed some of this. And what it, what it is, it's supposed to be an easy way to connect with the people you frequently contact. And there's some mockups that show it, the latest mockups show it down in the taskbar. Um, I've seen it show up in other places like in the start menu. So really, realistically, like I talk with Paul, unfortunately, many times a day. And so there would be like a quick action item to like connect with him uh, in a little like window type setting in the taskbar or directly from the start menu. We'll see if that feature actually makes its way into release. It looks like they are prodding against this again, finally. Uh, prodding, developing this again, I should say. And it's gonna tie into a bunch of different things. Office 365, Skype, and I believe Messaging Everywhere is uh, currently looking at that. And also some OneDrive stuff too. Um, how it works with OneDrive how it works with OneDrive is that if you share documents with a lot of people, right? I do this very, very frequently. Share content, uh, right mouse click, share, give it a link to somebody. And if they're in your directory, then they consider that a frequent contact. So that's all kind of the scenarios that will drive this people bar if it actually gets integrated. I haven't heard whether or not it's doing that, but they're looking into it because they're trying to make this uh, the interface more user-friendly and quick about the things you do frequently. That's actually one of the themes I believe they're targeting with this is quick for the things that you do frequently. Not that they weren't doing that previously, but these are like small minute features that allow you to execute a process very quickly. Keep that in mind. Things like we've already talked about with one clip. Um, Office 365, I think is gonna be a big push with this next build. We're already seeing one clip and like this Office 365 document manager type scenario uh, being built into the OS. And I think we're gonna continue to see that type of thing. Same with um, Skype and OneDrive. I think the integration is only going to get deeper. It's. I bet at some point it becomes hard to even tell the difference between them other than when you go to the website. Uh, that is the intent of all this stuff. Uh, other things that are showing up, there's also a new uh, low energy Bluetooth stack that has been uncovered and digging into it, actually Walking Cat discovered some of this. It's for disconnecting and connecting docks uh, was one feature, but new Bluetooth low energy features. Uh, Apple uses this a lot to communicate with devices, actually for authentication. Um, I think their messaging platform does it that way. And actually you can even make a phone call to your iPhone from a Mac. And I think it actually uses some of that Bluetooth low energy stuff to, to, to keep that connection alive until you actually make the phone call. So low energy Bluetooth stuff. And the other thing that is showing up is what's called Blue Shift. Now, if you're familiar with Flux or Flux as some people call it, uh, it's on iOS as well. Really what it does is there's studies out there from very reputable places like Harvard and many others that say blue light at the end of the night uh, can actually impact your sleep patterns. And if you're like overloaded with blue light right before you go to bed, it can take you longer to fall asleep and whatnot. So what this blue shift does based on the information available is that it reduces the blue light output late at night and they can actually set this up with the sun. And so in the morning, you get a lot more uh, blue light as the sun's coming up and late in the day and late in the evening, the blue light reduces and you get a lot more orange light, which is supposedly helps you fall asleep faster. 
it's a really cool feature. I use it on my phone. I don't use the, the Flux on my desktop, uh, mostly because I like I don't like the color saturations when I'm looking at images and posting things. I want to make sure it's in like the same view that all, most of the readers will see it in. But I know that there's a very strong following uh, of users that like this feature. And so the fact that it's coming natively to Windows should make them pretty happy. It's not obviously good for news for Flux, but you know that's the way this works. Actually, Apple kicked them out of the App Store, which was a total dick move, uh, and then stole their feature and integrated it. But you know what? That's that's the world you live in when you play in somebody else's App Store. They completely own uh, your product at the end of the day. They can kick you out and completely collapse your business if they really want. It's not good for their PR, but they can do it if they want. So that's something you always got to be careful about when you play in somebody else's app store. And so those are come, uh, three features that are currently in the works, along with, obviously, we know that one clip uh, is partially being considered and a couple other things that are coming along. But that's Redstone 2 slash 3. We'll see what actually more materializes here. But... We're starting to see new things inside of the Windows 10 builds, which is good because that means Microsoft is in the, we're heading back into the fun stage, right? Where there's new things around every corner and every new release gives us more opportunity to see what Microsoft is actually heading for uh, or developing for the next iteration of Windows 10. So that's cool stuff. Uh, moving along here just a little bit. Uh, <laughs> this happened earlier in the week. And I I got a pretty good laugh out of this. So Surface Book 2 was supposedly leaked on Instagram. It's made no sense. Like there was no logical bone in my body that made any sense of this. Uh, let, let's just think about this, right? If you're trying to keep something a secret, the very last people, the absolute last people who get to see this are the social media team because they are the easiest people to screw this up. You take a layer back, the last people to see this are the frontline marketing people. And then it's like the advertising people. And then the only people who see it before that are like Panos and his team. And so the fact that Microsoft would accidentally leak a new product that potentially has new features and new design um, on Instagram made really, really no sense. Because that means that, that means like thousands of people know about the Surface Book 2 is. And the fact that the leaks have been so small... Um, tells me that like, it just never made sense. And it actually turned out not to be. Rudy Hun, uh, a well-known Windows developer, uh, found a, a Sizzler video, I hate that term, uh, video, and then said, hey, look, this image is just from that. It was just slightly different lighting. This is not the Surface Book 2. And there you go. So it was just more of a fun thing. Paul and I, fortunately, did not jump on it. We just kind of, <laughs> when it came out, Paul, we were, we were chatting on Skype. We're like, this just doesn't make sense why would the Instagram team have Surface Book 2 imagery? And why would they accidentally post it? Like there would be so many safeguards in place to prevent that from happening. Now don't get me wrong, Microsoft tends to screw things up, especially on the Xbox side. They're really good at accidentally pay making their staging sites forward facing, but that happens like a day before an event. So by the time that information gets down to those people, the press invite's already out. Um, I would have likely been under embargo. Paul would have been under embargo. We would have known that it was coming if, if they weren't doing it in an actual event. So whatever. Uh, that was Surface Book 2. Other things that happened earlier in this, this week that were kind of crazy was Outlook.com. So I got tipped by a reader on this that if you went to Outlook.com and you have the old design, which I do, and you try to share a calendar with somebody who has the new setup, you actually get an error and says, hey, this feature is still rolling out and won't be completed until the first half of 2017. 
which is really odd because Microsoft made it very public that the Outlook upgrade scenario and rollout would be completed by the end of the summer. And here I am without it. And so I wrote it up. I was like, hey, Microsoft very clearly says in the app uh, 2017. And then Microsoft issued a press statement that says, ah, you know what? That's not really right. And so the marketing people got involved and says, hey, it will be done by the end of the summer. So you kind of got this conflicting information. And here's my thought on it. The guy that coded or that put that message into the Outlook product that said first half of 2017, that is the engineer that is quite literally doing this process of conversion. And I tend to trust them a little bit more than marketing because the guy that's doing it has the best outlook about how long outlook, not a pun, uh, unintentional pun, has the best outlook at how long this process is going to take as opposed to marketing, who is just saying, ah, the, you know, the, the PM on the project said, ah, it'll be done by the end of summer. I trust the engineer. I'll be curious to see if they get everybody converted. Uh, I very, they very well could be. And it could just be that that specific feature of sharing calendars between the two won't be completed until uh, early 20, you know, first half of 2017. But there we go. Uh, Outlook. <laughs> it just cracks me up when marketing and engineers butt heads like this. And it's very public and it's very awkward when you message that says, hey, I know, uh, I know you said this would be done, but your engineers are saying it's not going to be done. Anyways. Oh, man. So what else is going on in the world of Microsoft this week? Uh, you can now pre-order Xbox Play Anywhere titles from the Windows Store. This is pretty minute, but you can. So Xbox Play Anywhere, you can buy it on one device and play anywhere. Uh, other fun things in the Xbox world. If you haven't played Overwatch or have never experienced overwatch whatever they are now offering it for free for this i believe it's this weekend if, if not double check on the dates but they're having a free overwatch weekend which is essentially free playtime. it's a fun game i play it unless you really like uh, first person shooters i don't know if it's quite worth 60 dollars on the console but yeah there we go oh man i need a drink some other things to be looking out for so the fact that we were in the development feature stage of Windows 10 Redstone 2, and we're not just in the development stage. It, they already know what a lot of the features are going to be and are actually starting to implement them. This kind of leads into the insider tip of the week here. Keep your eyes open for if you're using this build very frequently. Um, I've gotten a lot of kind of different tips saying, hey, I've noticed some things are moving. Other things are, are shuffling about. Like now is the prime time to start digging deep into the Windows feature set and uncovering where Microsoft is headed. Uh, I, I have a general sense. We've kind of talked about it a little bit where they're going, but around every corner is a new adventure inside of these insider builds. And this is the fun times. The fun stuff is not like August 2nd when the build rolled out. This is the fun time when you can actually go in there, poke around and just say, hey, what's going on? I already did some snooping around for cloud files. Not too much has changed, but there are some, there's a little bit of activity in there and the documentation and all that stuff. So insider tip of the week, look deep for new features. I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff, and I think we're going to start to see it here pretty rapidly. I'll be curious to see at what pace they continue to push out builds. They've already announced a couple times that they had to delay uh, insider fast ring builds because they were too buggy and they would just wreck machines, uh, which is why I strongly urge that you do not put this on a daily driver. Microsoft is aware that they could totally botch your machine and what Microsoft referred to as flattening, uh, which is where your machine screwed. You have to flatten it and rebuild it, essentially reformatting and reinstalling. So we're getting back into that territory 
And the fact that they've already held a couple builds because of these bugs means that, hey, they do exist again. And just be super careful. Super, super careful. Things that are coming up next week, uh, pay attention on Wednesday to see what Apple does. Although it looks like a lot of the stuff has already leaked out. Paul and I will be on Twitter, I'm sure, having fun at Apple's expense for essentially putting out the iPhone 6 SE. And we'll see what else. Uh, new Apple Watch, other sort of things. And, and we'll have all the fun of that. I wonder if Microsoft will be on the stage. Remember when they announced the iPad Pro? Microsoft came out and said, hey, look, we have Office already on the iPad Pro. So crazier things have happened at Apple events. Maybe we'll all be surprised. Maybe they'll bring something new. But so far, all the rumors are bam. There we go. All right, everybody. Fortunately, the cable company has not come and interrupted this, which is interesting, um, which makes me wonder, <laughs> where are they? Because they're supposed to be upgrading my internet and taking away my old cable boxes. But on that news, we will end the show. And I thank everybody for watching and have a great holiday weekend for those of you who live in the U.S.